On today's show, the Yankees lost two out of three to Baltimore, but it's okay. They already clinched the division. I'll tell you why it doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, we'll talk about the fact that I was there this weekend for the first time all season, and I'll tell you how it went. Plus, the Yankees are playing the Rangers in their final series of the regular season. We'll talk about matchups and all that good stuff. All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday. Yankees fans, welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. We passed 1,400 subscribers last week. Next stop is 1,500. Also, hit the thumbs up button to like our videos. Click the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. So the Yankees... Lost two out of three to Baltimore, and if it were earlier in the season, I would have ranted about it, like I did earlier in the season. If you recall, if you're a longtime listener, you know I put a special YouTube episode up Easter evening. That's how long ago it was when the Yankees lost two out of three to Baltimore, and I went off on them for doing that. And uh, after this weekend, it was fine. It was even fine that I was there on Friday night and they lost in my presence. It didn't bother me because they already clinched the division. The only thing that Yankee fans need to be concerned about right now, Aaron Judge getting to 62, that would be nice. It would be nice for him to get over that hump. Will it happen in Texas? Who knows? Guys staying healthy, although (laughs) that hasn't happened so far because we've had some injuries occur. Guys coming back, guys showing that they'll be capable to be on the playoff roster, and some guys showing that maybe they're not capable of being on the playoff roster, or showing that maybe they're not deserving of a playoff roster spot. Does that make more sense? That's what you should be looking out for these next four games against Texas, and what you should have been looking out for against Baltimore. Now, before we get into the discussion of my night on Friday, my first time at Yankee Stadium all season, I have to acknowledge that eight years ago today, my father passed away. And if it weren't for my dad, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing because I wouldn't have become the rabid Yankee fan that I am if it weren't for my dad, Gus. So um, yeah, it was eight years ago today. That's crazy to me. And I feel bummed that He never got to see Aaron Judge. I'm relieved he never got to see Gary Sanchez, though, because he would have. Oh, he would have had a problem with him. A big problem. My brother and I talk about this all the time when certain guys do certain things. My brother will say, oh, you know, could you imagine dad how his reaction would be? And yeah, but I really wish that he were around to see Judge because Judge is just unbelievable. He really is. Yeah, this weekend was frustrating for him because either they weren't pitching to him or when they did, he just couldn't. It was almost like he was so used to everyone walking him (laughs) 
that when he did try to, you know, hit, it was like, oh, wait, they're actually throwing to me? Oh, okay. Do I remember how to do this? Eh. You know, but I will say Friday night, it was cool being at the stadium because I hadn't been there all season. And my friend called me up Friday morning and said, would you like to go to the game tonight? And I said, yes, yes, I would. Definitely. Thank you. And so my brother and I headed down to the boogie down Bronx, got to the stadium too late for a bobblehead, but that's fine. I didn't want to have to carry around a bobblehead all game. My bag isn't big enough or wasn't big enough for a bobblehead. And there were people hoarding them. I saw a guy with like four. (laughs) I know why, because they're probably going to sell them on the internet. But honestly, does anyone really want a Garrett Cole bobblehead? No offense to Garrett Cole, but he's not the Yankees ace. Nestor Cortez is. And we're going to talk about that in segment two, because we'll talk about um, we'll talk about the games against Baltimore, too. And we'll talk about the good stuff, the bad stuff. Obviously, all the good stuff happened on Saturday. None of the good stuff happened on Friday or Sunday. I will say this. If you've never had halal, guys, I highly recommend it. I was walking around the stadium looking for food. Not that I couldn't find food, but all the lines were way too long. It was insane how long all the lines were. And I'm like, I'm not waiting here for four innings and missing a judge at that in case, you know, something happens. Because would there be anything worse than being at the stadium but not actually watching it? You know? So I made my way around the entire perimeter of the stadium, walked past about 25 food stands featuring everything you could possibly think of. I get to the Great Hall, and I see the Halal guys cart, and there's six people waiting. And I thought, this is it. I'm getting this. I don't care. So I'm waiting in line at Halal guys, looking up at the screen, hoping that Trevino, you know, makes an out so Judge doesn't come up. (laughs) And he does. And the guy in front of me also looked relieved, and we joked about that. I said, yeah, I, I don't usually root against the Yankees. The only other time I did that was in 2011 against the Rays because I knew if the Rays walked off on the Yankees, the the Red Sox would definitely be eliminated from the playoffs. And the guy started laughing. I highly recommend Halal, guys. You get a giant bowl or box, like a protein box. Lettuce, tomato, rice, and then you can choose gyro meat, chicken, and like souvlaki style. And I said gyro. I'm such a bad Greek. Gyro. Um, I got the chicken just to be safe because I'd never had it before. And I was like, I don't want to go too crazy with the food at Yankee Stadium. I don't want to get sick because you never know. And it was perfect. I'm going to get it every time I go now. It was great. It's $15.99, but they give you such a good portion of food. Totally worth it. They give you hot sauce. They give you white sauce. It's it's great. So I, I recommend that to anyone who goes to Yankee Stadium. And as I said, the line was not long. It's as if people forgot that that thing existed and they were staying on the concourses and ignoring the Great Hall. And it's so loud at the stadium. I'm showing my age right now, but it's too loud. All that manufactured noise is too much. It's too much. I was enjoying some of the music, though. They did do a tribute to Coolio. They played a medley, which was cool. Um, You know, the whole stadium stood up, obviously, when Judge came up. We all had our phones out. I was recording just in case, and, you know, nothing happened. Um, Nothing, you know, as in a home run. And that was a bummer. 
And then, you know, the Yankees look kind of lifeless at the plate. They couldn't get anything going against Baltimore. And some people were really overreacting to it. And I was just sitting there like, they're not really playing for anything. Like, why is everyone getting so upset? Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And then Zach Britton, this bothered me. And I'll talk about this um, more in segment two. Zach Britton comes into the game, has a rough time, and then he leaves with an injury. And then something happened that really made me angry. And I'm going to talk about that in segment two. (laughs) But let's talk about something that doesn't make me angry first. (laughs) If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% chocolate. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, and it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to built.com and snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really great hiding spot and just hoard them for yourself, like I do. I keep them in my bedroom. <laughs> like all built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Seriously, I've had them. They're amazing. So you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON15. 15. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe now to Locked On Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres. Zach Britton had a rough time on Friday and he left the game with an injury. And a man a couple of seats down from me was booing him, calling him a bum, saying other choice words. And I wanted to say something. But I refrained, mainly because he had grandchildren there, and I didn't want to get into a fight with an older man who was clearly in his 70s, you know. But I I don't understand the booing a guy when he's clearly coming out of the game with an injury. It wasn't just Boone coming to get him and leaving. A trainer came out to get him. Why do... Why do fans do this? It's not just Yankee fans, but it happens a lot with Yankee fans. Why do you do this? He was clearly hurt. (laughs) I, I don't get it. That's just so obnoxious. Don't do that. It's so wrong. I felt so bad for him. You know, he's trying his best. He tried to come back from surgery that he only had a year ago that he probably shouldn't have tried to come back from so quickly. And, you know... I just, that's just so wrong. It's so wrong. The other thing that's wrong, the Yankees are down 2-1. It's a close game. And the wave starts. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I can't stand the wave. I really can't. Do it in a 7-0 game when the Yankees are really winning or really losing. <laughs> do it when they're winning 15-0. Don't do it in a game where they're only a run behind. And don't do it. While Aroldis Chapman is pitching. 
That man has enough trouble pitching. You don't need to be doing the wave on every level of the stadium and distracting him. Because guess what happened? He was having trouble pitching on Friday night while the wave was happening. And then when it finally stopped, he was able to get out of the inning. Amazing, isn't it? Now, he got out of the inning on Friday. Yesterday, he was not so lucky. Let's look at the numbers, shall we? Even though they're extremely ugly, and we'll talk about, obviously we'll talk about Saturday's game because that was the best one of the weekend. But Aroldis Chapman yesterday, my goodness, just awful. There's no other way to say it. He was he was awful. Couldn't get anyone out. He works so slowly. And I joked about this on Friday night. Oh, no, he did get an out. I apologize. Why did I think he didn't get an out? He did get an out. The pitch clock would definitely work for us while watching Aroldis Chapman. I forgot how slow he is to work. And it's so much worse when you're there in person. It really is. It feels like it's so much slower in person than it is on TV. It's the absolute worst. It was agonizing watching him on Friday night. It's agonizing anyway because he doesn't pitch that well usually. But on Sunday, three walks, a hit. He gave up two runs, one strikeout. His ERA on the season is up to 4.58. Awful. Absolutely awful. And then Friday night's performance, while not terrible, wasn't great. And it's just so hard watching this man pitch. Between the slowness and him not being great. Now, he only gave up a hit. He also picked off Rugi Odor, which I thought was the funniest thing ever. And when Friday's game ended, his ERA was 411. <laughs> now, you know, on Friday, Herman didn't do that badly. He gave up two runs in five and one third. I wasn't expecting much from him. And he settled down after the first inning, really. Um, the first inning was his worst. And while the second run was given up in the sixth inning... He did find two, three, four, and five. He settled down there. But watching Chapman pitch is absolute agony. And I really, I you know, there was the rumor last week that the Yankees were going to DFA him. They're not going to DFA him. But you're not, I shouldn't say that. Hopefully, you're not going to see him in high leverage situations. Hopefully. Unless more injuries happen. Ron Marinaccio injured his calf yesterday. Wasn't an arm thing. It was a sore calf. Which isn't ideal because pitchers also use their legs. It's not like they don't use their legs. But I would prefer for him to have a leg injury as opposed to having a shoulder or elbow injury. So while not ideal, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. Now, quickly, Saturday's game, because it was so much better than Friday and Sunday because the Yankees actually scored. And they kept Baltimore from scoring. Why? Because your ace, Nestor Cortez, was pitching. That's why. He is the Yankees' ace. 
He's 12-4, and four, not that the wins really matter, but they kind of do with him because they usually win with him. And like he did against Baltimore earlier in the season, he struck out 12, only gave up a hit, did not give up a run, walked two. His ERA is down to 2-4-4. He is amazing to watch. It is so much fun watching him pitch. I love it. He did his special twisty pretzel wind up that seemed to annoy the Baltimore broadcasters. If you look on Twitter, you'll find the video of it. It's kind of funny. Um, you know, Kay got all excited, obviously, and it's just so much fun to watch him pitch and to see him become the pitcher he's become this season. It's amazing. And we're lucky to have him. We really are. We're lucky to have him on the team and to be able to watch him every five days. And Aaron Boone, if you don't put him in game one of the division series, what are you doing? I have one more thing to talk about regarding Saturday's game. We'll get to that in segment three. And then we're going to preview the Texas Rangers series because the Yankees were supposed to play this series in the beginning of the year. They didn't get to do it. It's the last four games of the regular season. And after that, the Yankees get to sit back and watch the wild card series, which should be interesting. Isn't that great, Yankee fans? We don't have to worry about wild card anything. Just worry about who wins and who the Yankees are facing in the division series. We don't have to sit through a wild card game. So we'll talk about all that in a moment. All right, Saturday's game. <laughs> I could not watch Saturday's game. My brother got the cable removed. We moved to all streaming, and then he realized that the one thing he signed up for didn't have yes. So I was keeping track on game day and listening to John and Susan on my smart device. The bad thing about this is John and Susan on the smart device are a good two minutes behind what's actually happening in the game. Now, the good thing was listening to John and Susan, I got to hear Susan Waldman complain <laughs> during Saturday's game when Spencer Watkins wasn't pitching to judge and then was throwing she said he's throwing meatballs to everyone but judge and they're scoring off him anyway so why are you not pitching to him now i get it you don't want your name attached to a record-setting home run i get that but it was just so amusing to hear the exasperation on susan in susan waldman's voice i found it so amusing it was great it was great. She served meatballs up to this one. Did I say she? He served meatballs up to this one and this one, but giving nothing to judge. And it was just so amusing. I loved it. It was great. I highly recommend listening to John and Susan if you can, just for the amusement factor of it. But don't worry. We got yes back, so I'm able to watch the games now. Not It's not going to matter during the playoffs um, as much, you know, um, with yes, I would just need to watch post-game reactions and stuff. But watching actual games, we're fine. We have everything that we need to have. So tonight in Texas, 7.05 start here in the East, which I'm kind of surprised about because usually when the Yankees play in Texas, it's 8. But okay, thank you for that, Texas. Luis Severino against Martin Perez. Severino, 6-3 with a 3.41 ERA, 105 strikeouts. Martin Perez, 12-7 with a 2.93 ERA, 167 Ks. Now, Texas is not 
doing anything. They're not going anywhere. So being 12 and 7 on that team with a 2.93 ERA is good. He started in 31 games. He's thrown 190 and one third innings. And let's see, how has he done in his previous starts? Okay. On the 28th against Seattle, he pitched seven innings, gave up three runs on five hits, struck out three, walked three. That's a lot of threes, but he did not win. On the 22nd against the Angels, six innings, another three-run performance, five hits, three walks, five strikeouts. And against Tampa, he got the win on the 16th. He pitched five and one-third innings, gave up three runs on nine hits this time, one walk, three strikeouts. Interesting. So we'll see which Martin Perez shows up against the Yankees. Severino, 105 strikeouts are in 95 innings. Against Toronto, he pitched four innings on the 26th, gave up two runs on three hits with three walks, four strikeouts, did not get a decision. He got the decision against Pittsburgh, throwing five innings. So we'll see how that goes for him. Again, all we need to worry about in these games, judge hitting 62, guys remaining healthy. Now for tomorrow... The Rangers do not have a starter listed for Game 1. The Yankees are going with Tyone. Game 2, it's Garrett Cole against John Gray. So Tyone is 14-5 and with a 3.83 ERA. He's improved a lot. He had that really rough stretch. And someone asked me, would you put Tyone against, against ahead of Cole in the rankings for pitchers this season for the Yankees. The thing about Tyone and Cole is they're very similar, but they do it in different ways. Tyone had a bad stretch of starts where they were kind of lumped together, where Cole does it every other start, every two starts, he'll have a really bad start, but they're very similar in how they've pitched this season. It's just spread out differently. Does that make sense? So I don't think I would I don't think I would put Tyone ahead of Cole, but they're neck and neck to me. It's Cortez, if you're not watching on YouTube. Cortez is really high. Cole and Tyone are kind of neck and neck behind him, if that makes sense to you. I hope it does. I think it does. I think I explained it well. They're they're just very similar this year, just not in the same pattern. Plus Cole has a hell of a lot more strikeouts, which he normally does, but he has those starts where he'll give give up five runs but strike out 10. <laughs> like, what? What are you doing? And then you have Tyone, who gives up home runs too much. Cole gives up too much or too many home runs. That's the right word. Tyone is 15-5, and 3.83 ERA. He has 146 strikeouts in 171 innings. Now, the reason I bring that up is because Cole <laughs> has 248 strikeouts. He's 13 and 7 with a 3.51 ERA. That's 32 starts, 194 innings, or 194 and two third innings, 248 strikeouts. So, Cole in the second half, or second half, the second game of the doubleheader can pass Ron Guidry's record. Wouldn't that be funny if. Judge hits 62 in that game and Cole passes Guidry and two records, Yankee records, are broken on the same day. I kind of want that to happen. 
And I know that means two more games of Judge not hitting 62, but just think of how cool that would be if those two records are broken on the same day. And then in the finale on Wednesday afternoon, it's a 4.05 start. Oh, and the doubleheader is, I believe, day-night. Let me just double-check that because I want to make sure I'm correct with all of my info. 2.05 is the first game. And I believe 8.05, second game. Which makes sense. Because it's not, I think it's separate admission. So Wednesday, Domingo Herman against Glenn Otto. Herman is 2-4 and four with a 3.31 ERA, 52 strikeouts. Obviously, he hasn't pitched that much. Glenn Otto, 6-10 and 10 with a 4.72 ERA, 102 strikeouts. Now, I just want to see how Judge does against him. He's only faced him three times. Hasn't hit a home run off him. And let's see. Judge does not do well against Martin Perez. He has, well, I mean, he hasn't faced him that many times. It's a small sample size. But just to give you an idea, Aaron Hicks and Aaron Judge have both faced Martin Perez nine times. Aaron Hicks is batting 444 against Martin Perez with three runs batted in. Judge is batting 111. So (laughs) don't expect 62 tonight. As I said, we don't know who's pitching in game one of the doubleheader tomorrow. But John Gray is pitching in game two. And Aaron Judge against John Gray. One at bat. Hasn't gotten a hit. I don't know. I don't know. You know I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Because as our good friend Susan Waldman... Or as... uh No, as... John Sterling has said to Susan Waldman, you can't predict baseball. Who knows? Aaron Judge does horribly against Martin Perez. He could hit a home run against him. Stranger things have happened. So to review, Yankees lose two out of three to Baltimore. Not a big deal. Again, what you're looking for in these next few games, guys staying healthy, guys who were coming back from injury, remaining healthy, and actually contributing and showing that they can make the postseason roster and be a part of the roster and do do good things. The pitchers, making sure that they also do well and show that they can be on the playoff roster. Judge getting 62, it would be nice just for him to get it and not be stuck on 61. So let's hope that happens at some point (laughs) soon. And Yankees facing the Rangers in the last regular season series of the year. We're here, people. It's October. The playoffs start next week. I can't believe it. I know you can't believe it, and we're going to have plenty of good stuff for you when the playoffs start, before the playoffs start, and I'm so looking forward to it. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button, comment, And click the bell notification so you know when our videos go up. And now that you've made us your first listen, how about making your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast? MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, 
YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Monday. It's Mean Girls Day, just in case you didn't know. And I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you.